stopped falling and he spoke to the wind and the wind stopped blowing and he spoke to the waves and the waves stopped rolling. What kind of man is this? What kind of man is this? He must be the son of God. He must be the son of God. Cause he spoke to the rain and the rain stopped falling and he spoke to the wind and the wind stopped blowing and he spoke to the waves and the waves stopped rolling. What kind of man is this? What kind of man is this? He must be the son of God. singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Come to order, please. Come to order. (laughs) Uh, This gathering has been called because we, individually and collectively, represent the power behind the throne of Nebuchadnezzar. As wise men, magicians, astrologers, and officers of the court, we are consulted by His Majesty in matters of state, foreign policy, and all things dealing with the governing of the great empire of Babylon. (laughs) Specifically, we are here to discuss and deal with the problem of those four young upstarts from Judah. And it is a problem. Somehow they make it appear that they are ten times more intelligent than we. Uh, Well, let us face the facts. These four young men are what they seem to be in physical strength, 
beauty and mental vigour and literary attainment, they stand unrivaled. I notice them as they mixed with the men from other lands, men of high talent, men richly endowed with natural gifts and great culture. And these four young men stood out like a mountain of intelligence and good manners. Yet somehow, we must neutralise their influence with Nebuchadnezzar, or our positions of prestige and power are in danger. Does the chief wise man have a suggestion? <laughs> oh, indeed I do. <laughs> As chief counsellor and wise man, I am notified directly by the king when he desires advice or a conference. In turn, I notify each of you. But I will not notify these four young men from Judah. None of the rest of you are to either, or even mention it to them. Understand? Oh, indeed I do. Yes, that will stop them. They're new to the court. Certainly Nebuchadnezzar won't miss them. Soon he will have forgotten them. Oh, and we? We shall once again be the power behind the throne of Nebuchadnezzar. I'm coming. Yes? Oh, you're from the palace, one of the guards, I believe. I'm a messenger. I've just been promoted. Mm. Uh, the king wishes you and all his counselors to come to the throne room. When? Uh, immediately. He's beside himself with worry or anger. I don't know which. <laughs> anyway, he wants all of you there immediately. So the wise men, astrologers, magicians, soothsayers, Chaldeans and counselors came and stood in the throne room awaiting the entrance of Nebuchadnezzar, their king. It's scarcely daylight and the king summons us. It must be something awfully important. Oh, I care not what it is, just so it isn't bad news. But bad, bad news? I don't trust Daniel and those three friends of his. Just a word from any of them and his majesty might investigate and discover the fraud that... Uh, we... <laughs> I mean, the king might dismiss us from his service. Did the messenger say what the king wants? No. Uh, which messenger was it? Well, a new one. Oh, there he is now. Uh, messenger! Messenger! I hope he knows what the king wants. Uh, you called me, sir. Uh, yes. Um, uh, do you know what the king wants of us? Hey, he didn't say, sir. Uh, but do you know what happened that his majesty called us so early in the morning? Oh, oh that. <laughs> yes, sir, I know what happened, all right. He had a dream. Well, at least he kept ranting and raving about a dream. Huh? Wants us to know all about this dream he had last oh. night. <laughs> oh, thank you, messenger. <laughs> You're most welcome, sir. Uh, his majesty has had another of his dreams. <laughs> yes, Wants us to interpret it, no doubt. And as usual, we'll make up an interpretation. <laughs> he won't know if it's a true one or not. Balvani! His Majesty Nebuchadnezzar, King of the mighty Babylonian Empire, enters and sits upon the throne. Arise. Last night, I dreamed a dream. A terrible dream. At least it had a terrible ending. I am troubled in spirit. I must know the dream's meaning. That's a simple thing, our king asks. Just tell us, your majesty, what the dream was and its ending, and we will show thee the interpretation thereof. Oh, the dream. I cannot recall what it was. It's gone from me. Oh, well, how can his majesty expect us to give him an interpretation unless we know the dream? You are wise men. The wisest in the world, Your Majesty. As wise men, astrologers, and magicians, you claim to have knowledge of all secrets, even the secrets of the gods? Uh, uh, yes, O King. Then make known to me what I dreamed. If you are unable to, you are frauds and liars and shall be cut in pieces and perish. 
But if you can show me the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive gifts and rewards and great honor. Now, tell me the dream and the interpretation. Tell me or you die. Well, uh, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will show the interpretation thereof. You have been deceiving me all the time. Uh, no. Telling me you know all secrets. Have you been lying to me? Uh, now tell me what I dreamed. Then shall I know that you can also show me the correct interpretation. O oh, king, there is not a man upon the face of the earth who can tell another man what he has dreamed. Only the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh can make known dreams. You told me you could talk with the gods. Captain, cast these men in prison and bind them with chains. Oh. They're cheap tricksters. No, Get them out of my sight. They are not wise men. They are cheats and liars. Yes, your majesty. Scribe! Scribe! Write this down upon parchment and see that it is obeyed to the letter. I, Nebuchadnezzar, great king of Babylon, do hereby decree that all wise men and astrologers and soothsayers in Babylon shall be put to death. Affix my signature and signet and give it to the captain of my guards. Lie to me, will they? <laughs> we'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's one 800 6340234 Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Thank you. 
him again on the voice recorder for health class. Teacher wants us to record what we do each day to help make us healthy. Well, today, I went to church. I know, I know. Everyone thinks you get healthy because you eat the right foods or do the right exercises or drink lots of water. Yes, all those things are important, but I've discovered that going to church helps me be healthy too. How? When I go to church, I enjoy all the great music. The organ, the piano, people singing beautiful songs. They're all so peaceful to me. They make me relax and think about God and nature and stuff. When I'm sitting in church or singing with the congregation, I stop worrying about school and homework or about what someone has done to make me mad. Also, I like hearing stories from the Bible. It makes my life seem pretty good. I don't have lions waiting to eat me like Daniel did. I don't have a giant wanting to kill me like David did. And I don't have a bunch of people sneaking around trying to crucify me like Jesus did. Makes me more satisfied with what I have instead of wanting what everyone else has. Finally, I like reading my Bible. Yes, I know, a lot of the Bible is kind of hard to understand. But when I read verses and say Psalms or Proverbs, or when I read what Jesus said about loving people and helping those in need, I get some good ideas. His words teach me how to be kind and forgiving and how to stay out of trouble. My Sabbath rest helps me stay healthy all week long. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 8, Angel in a Red Hat. In the black stillness that followed, neither Grandpa nor Willie spoke. Willie thought about the voice from above. Grandpa, he said softly several minutes later, do you think they'll come back soon? It's hard to say, Grandpa said, probably not till morning, like the man said. I wonder if that's what Jesus' voice sounds like, Willie said thoughtfully. When that voice called my name, I thought for just a minute that Jesus had come to help us. Don't you think he did? Grandpa spoke slowly, like it hurt to talk. He often uses people to do his work, you know, other people and his angels. Willie noticed that Grandpa's voice sounded weak and tired. Dear Jesus, he prayed silently, thank you for sending the helicopter and your angels. But Jesus, something's wrong with Grandpa. We need to go home. Please have your angels protect us for one more night. And please, please send people to get... Willie fell asleep. 
When his eyes opened again, Willie felt confused. Something was different, but what? A beautiful sunrise made the sky all pink and blue. Squirrels played on the hood of the car again. Birds sang on branches just above it. The cedar trees smelled tangy. The small river still made its noisy way over the rocks. But what was different? He heard voices. Voices? Voices! Grandpa! Willie exclaimed. I hear voices! Grandpa looked over at Willie and smiled weakly. Thank you, Lord, he said. Then he closed his eyes again. Willie! Willie Taylor! Several voices were shouting Willie's name. I'm here, Willie called back. We're right here. Hang on, buddy, we're coming. Willie could hear the sounds of people tramping through the brush and trees. Then the trees seemed to part and four men appeared. One had a stretcher strapped on his back. Two others had packs on. The fourth man wore a red baseball cap and had a coil of rope over his shoulder. Hey, buddy, how you doing? The man in the red hat said. He seemed to be the leader. What are you doing sitting up in that tree? Another man joked while a third man talked into a radio. Willie didn't know whether he was going to laugh or cry for a second. Are you angels, he asked. Angels? The man in the red hat laughed. Shucks, buddy, we're no angels. But we do help them out now and then, the man with the stretcher spoke up. He and one of the other men had gone around to Grandpa's side of the car. Mr. Taylor? Mr. Taylor, how are you feeling? Grandpa just smiled and nodded his head. Please help Grandpa first, Willie begged. He hurts a lot, I think. While the other men worked to free Grandpa, the man with the red hat spoke to Willie. I'm Joe Mason, he said as he reached up and pulled the car door open. Then he held up a canteen. Want a drink? Yeah, thanks, Willie said, reaching for the canteen. He took three big gulps, then handed it back. Well now, Mr. Mason said, are you ready to get out of there? Yes, sir, Willie responded. Mr. Mason stepped onto a low branch so he was on a level with Willie. He put his finger on Willie's wrist to feel his heartbeat. Do you hurt anywhere? I don't see any blood, but you sure are dirty, he said with a chuckle. Did you bring half the mountain down inside the car? Then he put his left hand on Willie's right knee, and with the other hand he felt along Willie's leg and foot. He did the same with Willie's left leg. Now look at me, Mr. Mason said. He grabbed Willie by the chin and turned his head. He looked in each of Willie's eyes and in both ears. Well, buddy, he said at last, you look in pretty good shape. Just a few bruises here and there. What kind of diet you been on? Graham crackers, Willie said with a grin. Water and graham crackers. Can we go home now, please? That's exactly what we're going to do. Your folks are pretty anxious to see you, Mr. Mason replied as he looked through the car to the men helping Grandpa. How are you guys doing, Dave? We just got his leg free, Joe. Dave, the man who had carried the stretcher, replied. Then he spoke gently to Grandpa. We're going to put a splint on your arm now, Mr. Taylor. You'll be more comfortable then. Let's go, buddy, Mr. Mason said, reaching into the car. He slid one long arm under Willie's legs and another behind his back. Put your arm around my neck, okay? He lifted Willie easily and stepped off the low branch onto the ground. Grandpa? Willie called to his grandfather, but he got no answer. He turned to Mr. Mason. What's going to happen to Grandpa? My men will take good care of him, Mr. Mason said as he and Willie neared the river. They'll carry him out on a stretcher. Mr. Mason stopped and turned around. Do you want to see some friends of yours, he said. He tilted his eyes and chin to point Willie's attention up the mountainside, way, way up the mountainside. Willie could just barely see tiny people looking over the bank, watching the rescue down below. Chris, Willie asked, is that Chris? He answered my SOS. Yeah, I hear you're pretty good with the Morse code on the flashlight, Mr. Mason joked as he balanced on a log and crossed the river. 
Willie noticed a big square four-wheel drive truck with the word sheriff in gold letters on the side. There's a road here, he asked. Well, sort of a road, Mr. Mason replied. It's an old logging road. Hasn't been used for years, but you can drive down it if you have to, and it brought us to you. Now I'm going to lay you down and strap you to this bed, he continued as he stepped up into the back of the truck. Don't worry, this is just standard procedure. Your folks will meet us at the hospital. A doctor will check you over and decide if you can go home or whether you need to stay a while. As Mr. Mason talked, Willie noticed the other men coming along the trail. Two of them carried Grandpa strapped on the stretcher. The last man carried Willie's wheelchair. With just a little repair, I think this will work fine, he said as he put it in the truck. Then the men gently lifted Grandpa's stretcher into the truck. Willie watched wide-eyed. Are you okay, Grandpa? He knew his voice sounded scared. Grandpa wiggled his fingers in a tiny wave. He's worn out, the one called Dave said, but he'll feel better by tomorrow. Hey, Mr. Taylor, Mr. Mason's voice boomed cheerfully. Didn't that graham cracker diet agree with you? Grandpa just smiled, then closed his eyes. As the truck began to bump slowly along the old road, Dave sat down by Willie and patted his arm. You've been a brave kid, he said. How did you happen to know the Morse code? Not many people use it anymore. All the way back to Mill Valley, Willie talked with Dave. He told Dave about practicing the code, about the landslide, and about praying to be rescued. You know, Dave said, I think it's one of God's miracles that you and your grandpa are alive after all you've been through. That was quite a landslide and a rough trip down the mountain. Angels helped you. I'm certain of it. At long last, Willie could tell they were in town because the truck was on a smooth road and because he could hear a lot of cars. Joe Mason had been leaning over Grandpa doing things to him for most of the trip. He talked on a telephone several times, listening and nodding his head. Once he took out a big needle and gave Grandpa a shot. Willie watched while he talked to Dave. Finally, he burst out, Are you sure Grandpa is really okay? He looks so white. Willie's eyes were open wide, and he felt a big lump in his throat as big as a golf ball. He doesn't move. Is Grandpa going to die? Is he? The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 8, The Rock Slide Rescue, written by Sandy Zaug, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. Podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.